Time to get excited. Zach Hergert Idea Attic, episode number 36. We're dropping it on you live from the den. It's me, Kevin, Archie, who's asleep. Hopefully he stays asleep or it's going to be a short ep for the folks. Guys, I, I actually did some prep for this one. I felt like the last couple were, they were dragging. I went back, I listened to them. I wasn't 100% satisfied. So I I dug back into the archives, to the early days. I stumbled across one that I did, but I didn't publish. Sometimes I do them just to kind of get the ideas. I'm not happy with them, or I don't finish them, so I don't publish them, but then I can go back in my private archive, dust the bottle off, and sit back and enjoy it. And this one, I basically made this one right before, excuse me, right after Jay was born. So... It's like the end of March 2020. And uh, I actually sounded like someone who had their shit together. And I sounded sane. Having two children under the age of two erases your sanity. Uh, obviously, you don't have your shit together if you're doing things like that. But uh, I got to say, I sounded like <laughs> I sounded like I knew what I was talking about and I sounded balanced. Balanced, fair, uh, professional. Sounded like I was someone who knew what they were doing and where they were going. Things have changed, obviously. But back then, I forgot I had like a really good flip that I got off market. And I was going to make a pile of money, and I knew it. Really fun stuff. And I was getting uh, PPP money, $2,200 a week. I think I got that for 16 weeks. Never had to pay it back. This, sometimes it is actually good to be self-employed like that. Right now in this market we're in right now, I'm not sure it's a good time to be self-employed because of inflation. Things are going up so fast. It's hard to get in. I mean, I couldn't even, if I was going to do a bathroom remodel for someone today, I couldn't even like give them a solid price because I could be like, well, it'll be this much, but it might double in a month. You know, oh, by the way, I might not be able to get anyone to, uh, none of my subs might show up. So this could take like, you know, six months. That ain't good. I'm looking high and low right now for a flip. High and low. I'm turning every stone. I'm looking at every angle. So we used to just be able, you could be literally sit at your computer all day and just watch. And then when something came up, go look at it. And if you looked at it, call the agent and be like, here's how much we're offering. We have cash. You can't even do that. Then nothing's listing. One thing listed today. And it's not something I'm interested in. It's like a five unit somewhere. And it doesn't, it doesn't even meet the 1% rule. So I don't know who's going to buy it. I'm certainly not. Not to mention now um, with multi-units, basically the city of Omaha is making you have them all be like separately metered. Or they'll they'll tag you and make your tenants like move out. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous now because no one can even like no one can afford anything. I mean the houses now are it's insane. So now I'm just I'm I'm really honestly thinking about just buying a house and holding it for like a couple of months and then just putting it right back on the market without doing anything because I actually think I could make a return doing that. Is that cray cray? It's insane. It's completely insane. And the other thing that's really insane is that there's like, we're like a, have like a land. I hate to use the word shortage because that's not the right thing, but we're having a problem because we like are out of land to build on. Because what's happened is we actually have some geographical restraints in Omaha, which seems insane if you look at a map or if you think about Nebraska, because all you think is a, just one big cornfield with a street running through the middle of it, an interstate. But it's like you can't go east because it's a different state. You can't go too far west because it's a floodplain. You can't go too far south because it's a floodplain. I guess you could go northwest, but there's a floodplain up there too. So you're kind of stuck. Oh, and then the other thing too is like you can't really find any land because you can't find small parcels. You have to buy an entire farm. Well, good luck buying a farm anywhere within driving easy driving distance to Omaha. You're gonna be like paying fifty, or I mean, I've looked at some online. It's like they're five million dollars. 
doesn't make any sense. It's literally sick. <clears throat> really sick stuff, folks. So I'm literally looking at buying a freaking... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a townhouse that's been for sale for 90 days. I'm thinking about offering the owners 50 grand less. Hit the easy button. Yeah, you're getting 50 grand less, but you don't have to deal with anything. I got that out there. I'm trying to buy a house that's off market. I offered them $20,000 higher than their asking price, and they haven't even responded yet. For a house that's literally, it's like a split level. It's nothing. Literally nothing. What is going on? So part of me is like, should I just go get a job? And I mean, it seems like that's where the deals are at. Because <laughs> if you think about it, they want employees. Now they let you work at home and all this other stuff. So many bennies. It's not out of the question. It's like, should I do that and maybe bank up some money until the market crashes? Once the market crashes, I'm going to call everyone I know and be like, we need to like pile every dollar you have. Pile it in. But I think that's the problem. That's why it's like never dropping. Because if there's any sign of a pullback, people are like, now's the time to get in. It's a feeding frenzy. It's sick. It's sad. Um, actually, it kind of makes being a realtor difficult too. <laughs> You know, there's, I think one, like I've only seen, I have a bunch of searches I've set up for myself so I can see what lists, you know, in real time. I've only got one alert today. Yesterday I didn't get any. And I have like, I have like four or five different ones set up in a bunch of different parts of town. Is that crazy? I see a show of hands. So what's your boy been up to? I've been doing a little bit of the dumpstering, doing a little bit of that. That's kind of like a, it's okay, but it's like bone crushingly boring, <laughs> you know. It's not stimulating. What I'd like to do is start building new houses. I've gone gone and back and forth on that. You know, last week I was talking, I almost talked to myself into like buying an RV to like fix up and flip or do it as a rental. Looked into that, they're all too expensive and they get bought immediately. What is going on? So then I had the idea of, well, maybe I can buy some land, turn it into an RV park, buy a bunch of RVs, put them on there, and then rent them to people who are, like, building new houses or rent them to people who have sold their house and are looking for a new place to, like, buy. But you can't do that because there's no land for sale. You can't find anything. And if you do, like, an RV park, you have to, like, bring in power and stuff. Might as well just make it into a subdivision. But I was looking like RV lots where you can permanently park your RV. They're so expensive to rent a spot. There's a place over in uh, some town in Iowa that's just a shithole, Hamburg, which isn't even close. Um, it's like almost to Missouri. The lots there are $500 a month to park your fucking RV. Is that absurd? Are they really getting that? I know other ones where there's like like two-year waiting lists. What? There's that much demand? Daggum. That's unfathomable. <laughs> should we shift gears? I think we should. Now we're going to talk about a, an idea. It's not original, but I saw it and I liked it. thought it was fun. What's the idea? Let's delve into the idea, okay? Once again, not original, but what it is, is it's a theme park. I know what you're saying. Roller coasters, blah, blah, blah. No. Dumb it way down. This theme park is basically you just buy a bunch of pieces of heavy equipment, and then you... Um, charge kids to like go ride the drive the pieces of heavy equipment but um you disable like a bunch of the features <laughs> so so like one thing is you get like a bunch of like mini miniature backhoes and you disable every function of it except for the like the actual backhoe part and then you spread them out you get like 10 of them and you spread them out and then kids can go and like dig a little bit with the backhoe 
And then you also shut down like how far it can like go. So it can't spin all the way around. It can only go like 45 degrees left, right. And it can only go like dig down as far as it can like go. So you just, you just dig a hole and you fill it. You dig it and you fill it. Kids love that shit. That's one ride. That's called the digging area. The next ride, you've seen go-karts. No, we don't have go-karts. What do we got? We got skid steers with the buckets off. <laughs> do you like that? So you're racing around some like bobcats. Very fun. Then another one I saw is uh, you get like a full-size excavator and you replace the bucket with like some seating and you just like spin it in a circle. This is like pretty low cost, you know. Some other shit like that. Nothing dangerous, just real simple stuff. So there's a place in uh, New Jersey. It's called Diggerland USA. And this is what they do. This is basically what they have. They have heavy machinery the kids can mess with. But then they also have, like, attached to that. They've built on because it's so popular. They have, like, a wave pool, all this other shit that they do. The client rock climbing wall, concessions, beer from mom and dad. Dad's getting shit-faced at the concessions tent. Junior's over driving around a bobcat. How fun is that? Then there's, like, other ones. The other one that they have is just a... <laughs> it's like a, a four-wheel lift, you know, like a four-wheel... Um, it's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> but it's like a four-wheel lift with, like, a bucket on the end, and you use it for, like, let's say you're, like, putting windows in, like, a three-story building. Well, the base of it is, like, drivable, and then it has a telescopic arm with a bucket on the end where you stand, like, a platform, and then it can reach up like three stories. So one of the rides they have there is like the bucket on the end, instead of a standing platform, it just like is seating for like six people. And then they just raise it all the way up. <laughs> I mean, basic stuff here, folks. I love it. Let's see what else they got. Those are the main things, but I mean, just it's stuff that like a little kids would love. Like my son, my son, Jay, this would be, like, perfect for him. You know, if he went and saw this, he would have a meltdown. Absolute meltdown. I think this is good because, like, the overhead, it's cheaper than, like, building a roller coaster. A roller coaster, there is, you can't just go buy a roller coaster. You can go buy pieces of it. You can go buy a backhoe. I mean, this stuff is super basic. Oh, another one is kids, like, sit in a the back of, like, a dump truck and it dumps. I mean, just simple stuff. They don't come flying out the back. They're, like, tethered in. Do you love it? It's all, like, construction-themed. I mean, I love it. Here's another one that kids are, like, riding around, like, UTVs. <laughs> I love this, dude. It's super easy. Here's kids like riding around. Uh, I mean, that, that's all it is, is it's just a pieces of heavy equipment that little kids can like drive. Here's a kid like driving around a tractor. I mean, how easy is that? You can pick this stuff up for like fairly inexpensive compared to a roller coaster at Six Flags. And they charge people 50 bucks a head to get in this place. It's pretty popular because I've looked at this place a couple times because I was like, that's like, seems like it'd be really fun for our kids. They have all kinds of shit. Holiday light shows. They bring in like events with like heavy equipment doing crazy stuff. That's easy. And another thing too is like you can just hire like normal mechanics to work on this stuff. You don't need like a specialized crew of people who can work on roller coasters. <laughs> Do you love that? I think that would be really good because, like, we, we take our kids to, like, these pumpkin patches and shit. I should have started a pumpkin patch. What would I have been doing my whole life? They charge you 30 to 50 bucks a head to get in there. There's nothing to do. The stuff that there is to do in there, they charge extra for. Like, we go to this place, Vala's. These, this place prints money. I mean, it prints money. There's, like, thousands and thousands of people go there per day. And all they have is, like, you can go, like, go... You, you pay to go in there and you like can like buy more stuff. The admission is to get in to buy things, basically. Everything costs. Half the stuff that they have to do in there costs extra. 
So like we go in there and I'm like, okay, this is it. We're not doing anything else but this besides the free stuff. So we like go in there and look at like ran down tractors and pumpkins for 150 bucks. And then we just leave and everyone's in a bad mood. <laughs> this is like the same kind of thing, you know. Because you go in there, you can't bring outside food. And then they're like, here's your hamburger. It's $12. Yummers. So that's your idea of the week. A low-budget uh, adventure place. You know, I was looking today. I have another podcast I do on Omaha's, like, neighborhoods and real estate neighborhoods or whatever. And I was reading about uh, the Exarban, which they used to have a horse track there. And that was like a big deal. Omaha like really dropped the ball on that because Omaha, I didn't know this, like Omaha had gambling before you could like bet on racing there and you could, they had some other stuff like you could do Kino, but you could bet on racing. That was like the big draw. And at the time that that was booming, it was 1920 to 1985. And, and there was no gambling in Kansas, Missouri, and Iowa. So people would come from these surrounding States to Nebraska to like watch horse horse races and bet. And then for some reason, we passed all these laws that basically killed it. So now we don't have any like attractions like that. So now we're stuck with stupid stuff like Vallas. So something like Diggerland, a miniature attraction place like that, would probably murder it in a place like Nebraska where there's nothing to do. Folks, there's nothing to do here. I'm not, I mean, we have Funplex. That place is packed and it's gross and, and it's freaking dangerous. I had a friend, I had a bunch of friends in high school that worked there and like they were like, the, the machines malfunction all the time and people get hurt like nonstop. People get stuck on rides there like nonstop. <laughs> like all, all of my friends had like hilarious stories from that place. One time, one of my friends was working, like operating this machine that like went, goes like up and down or right, that goes straight up and straight down or whatever. He's like a bunch of like hydraulic lines pop off of it and sprayed oil like all over the like parking lot, all over people's cars and like all over people like standing in the parking lot. <laughs> Good stuff. It is shitty, folks. I've been there. It's it's disgusting. <clears throat> it's still going strong. But a place like Diggerland, something original like that would absolutely murder it. Just murder it. And then the thing is like no one can really get hurt here. You're not doing anything death defying. Working a backhoe? We all work backhoes, folks. Anyone can do it. So I think, and then for like the bathroom, you just have porta potties. You're on a construction site. You know? So you're competing with Funplex and then like maybe the zoo. You know? There's only so much shit to do at the zoo. There's only so many stinky animals to look at. Folks, they smell. The zoo, the zoo is so stinky. Our co-host is waking up, it looks like. Not good. So anyway, that's the idea of the week. It's kind of crazy. Some of my critiques are going to kind of also be ideas that you might want to delve into. So we're going to get there. That's the idea. I think that's fun. I would like that, I think. What I've do done for you is I've drudged up a couple businesses for sale that you might enjoy. And we're going to kind of stick with the same theme here. Are you ready? This is a really good one. The first business for sale... It's called Dinosaur Invasion. Fun and easy to run. What is this thing? It costs 900000 Gross revenue, $6.68 million. Cash flow is 500000 Here's what it is. Here's the description. Fun and exciting business to run with over 50 animatronic dinosaurs. Six massive dino-themed bounce houses. Five lifelike baby dino puppets. And more. You have everything you need to continue the dinosaur invasion. Boys and girls are fascinated with dinosaurs, and dinosaur invasion has managed to bring every child's imagination and dreams to life, which has resulted in over $500,000 in profit in just, a, in just the first year. Whoa. With endless applications and sales opportunities, these customers... Uh, these customer drawing prehistoric animals are ready to move. Don't forget about the merchandising opportunities here. They're endless. You can grow this business or integrate them into your own. Location, Illinois. Huge thumbs down. Illinois is a shithole. 
not business friendly in any way. Years, year established, 2020, not good. Number of employees, five, okay. Relocatable, yes, it says. So you can move all these dinosaurs, I guess. Now it says, uh, what are they using as facilities? There's a number of ways to run this business. Model one, we can choose to travel around the country and set up in different venues in various cities. A new venue every one to four weeks. Interesting. Model two is to make deals with zoos and museums to set up exhibits, usually six to 12 months long. Model number three is to set up a permanent location in the city of your choice. Interesting. The market outlook and competition, there's two or three other companies traveling the country doing this. Unbelievable. So you got animatronic dinosaurs just scaring the shit out of people. There's even a video I'm not going to play. That's kind of fun. That kind of goes with along with Diggerland, does it not? Damn. These dinos are scary, folks. They actually look really cool. Is this like the set of the, like the first Jurassic Park or something? All you need is an like a an old like Target location to set it up or something. I don't know what I'd tell you to do with this. Do you like dinos? Do you like invasions? You like dino invasions? <laughs> Are you loving it? That's interesting. I mean, it definitely is interesting. It'd be fun. I'm kind of going along with the the fun theme. Mm. So that's your dino invasion. Business number two. Now, I'm not necessarily saying these are great businesses. I don't know if dino invasion is a great business or not. Looks kind of fun, though. Here's one I think that is good. It's a motel slash RV park. Yes, an RVs. Something to it. Here's the other thing. It's in the South. People are leaving for the South. They're leaving where I live in the North. The chilly north where everything's dying and they're headed to the south. So far down. The other thing is there's hurricanes down there. So people, are, their homes are going to get destroyed and they're going to have to live in their RVs. Asking price is five, $599,000. Gross revenue, $1.3. Cash flow is a million. Trying to get rid of this, folks. Okay? Trying to get rid of it. Yes. The motel stays busy with... Okay, there's a motel involved in this too, I guess. Don't love the motel like the RV park. But the motel stays busy with blue chip companies renting blocks of rooms. Blocks. Location is next to a huge shipyard and dredging project with no competition. Okay, I kind of like that. You're getting some trades in there. Favored vendor status with all major dredging companies, long-term contracts. So these, the people that are staying in this motel might be a little rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah, I operate a dredge for a living on the Gulf Coast. There's, there, wait a minute, what is this? You own the movable buildings with a 10-year extremely reasonable lease. You own the movable buildings. What is this? <laughs> what the hell? Oh, it's like up on platforms. Really interesting. So this is like housing for people who work on like in the shipyard, more or less. That is kind of interesting. Um, gross is over $100,000 a month, though, running that out. You also get an RV park ready to move in while repairs are being done to the motel or fill up the 24-spot RV park. Uh, 24 RV spots and 24 twin room uh so it looks like this place is like partially being repaired or something. I'm not really too sure what's going on here. If you want more information, hit me up. It's on BizQuest. Gold Meadows, Louisiana. Established last year. Four employees. But if it's making a hundred, if it's grossing a hundred grand a month, that ain't bad, y'all. We're gonna pause real quick to see what our co-host is up to, and we will be back right after these short messages. Folks, we are back. We just about had a co-host. Or, excuse me, not a co-host, an uninvited guest. So the last thing was, um, was the Motel RV Park. Um, the description was a little confusing. The pictures on here didn't help either. But here's the last one. It's another fun one. You ready? It looks fun. 
the picture for this, the ad, bikini-clad women, a whole group of them, and they're boatnotized. You know why they're boatnotized? Because this is a luxury yacht charter business. Yeah, that's right. Parties, rap videos, etc. Asking price, 975000 The cash flow, seller's discretionary earnings, if you will, 660000 Check out this business description. Here's the ultimate lifestyle business. This is a rare, unique, and exciting opportunity to acquire the single most, quote, in-demand, upscale, high-growth, private yacht rental company in, wah, 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 Chicago. I hate Chicago. Sorry, folks, just don't like it. Our business provides a client-focused luxury experience through beautiful amenities, excellent customer service, and the best views on the Great Lakes. This high-demand charter Yacht Charter Service offers Skyline Cruises, cruises down the Chicago River, overnight stays, destination charters, marriage pr proposals, weddings, ass gatherings, and more. The boat has hosted professional athletes, Oscar winners, race car drivers, internet billionaires, and countless CEOs. The business has thrived during COVID and benefited from robust online marketing during the pandemic. Sale includes a beautifully maintained vessel that is held to the highest level of safety. So high. So high. As a result, the business can, business's commitment to top quality customer service and experience, the business has experienced incredible growth over the past several years. The business has a team of fully trained and dedicated office staff, crew, licensed captain. Wow. Yacht Club. Awesome. Chicago, you know I don't like that. There's a lot of people in Chicago, though. Maybe you're listening to Chicago. You want to interest this interests you. You like Chicago. You're someone who enjoys that whole scene they have there. I'm not a huge city guy. Been to Chicago a couple times. Never enjoyed myself. Year established 2014. Number of employees five. Real estate owned. The facilities. It's a fully restored Coast Guard certified 68-foot yacht. You get the website, you get marketing material, customer lists, social media handles. It's all there. There's three or four other yacht charter yachts in the area. You can compete. Yachting in Chicago is very seasonal, it says. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> the Great Lakes freeze over sometimes. The owner says that he wants to retire. That's interesting. Hmm. But I like the fact there's only three or four other charter yachts that size. Is there bigger ones? I don't know. The Great Lakes can be tricky. They can be tricky. That's pretty fun. Wow. Really good. They got a crew. Don't know shit about it. yacht yachts, really. The pictures look fun. These girls are boatnotized. <laughs> She'll say yes. There's nowhere for her to go. <laughs> That's from Sonny. Always Sonny from Philadelphia. Really good stuff. Do you see, every time I try to find businesses for sale, here's what they basically always are. California, Illinois. Why do you think that is? People, people in those states have had enough with the red tape. They're like, get me out of here. I mean, that was, one was in Louisiana. There's a couple in the South because there's so many people there. But it's reoccurring. Like, I would say out of 10 businesses I look at, seven are in California. People want the fug out. Now, if you really want a yacht business, I would probably keep looking. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is great. Cash flow seems good. Six sixty. Do you like yachts? Do you like chartering? Do you like yacht chartering? Those are some th ones I thought would be fun. Do I think those are the best businesses on earth? No. I mean, I kind of like the yacht one because it's something that you're just running out. I like any kind of rental business. 
I really like dumpsters. But I wish I was in somewhere else because it's very saturated here because we have a, basically everyone that owns a dumpster business in Omaha is a redneck and they just build their own. So it's a little hard to compete with. I mean, I build my own, but it's like I could go, I could go to Denver and probably make triple the money I make here. Is that sad? So those are the businesses for sale. I've kind of been skimping on those lately. I haven't been really bringing it like I should. Sending it, is that what the kids say? I'm going to send it? What does that mean? So those are the ones that are thought were kind of fun. Thought you might enjoy. Get the wheels spinning. So you have two basically like kind of a theme parks. Or a theme park. The Dinosaur Invasion theme park or whatever. The motel RV park. Which that's intriguing. It makes a lot of money. And the other one is the, the Yacht Club. Redneck Yacht Club. So three for that ass. And like I always say, it's like you pay $975,000 to make six hundred and sixty. It's pretty good. So here's some business critiques. These are some things I've stumbled upon in my travels. Travels of the mind. I don't actually go anywhere ever. <laughs> I was thinking that yesterday I was driving around. It's like, how many fucking times have I driven here? I'm getting a little burned out, yo. This is like kind of a tough season for me because it's like it's cold and gray out. It's not even snowing. Every day is gray. Really sad. That's why I try to bring some smiles. Miles of smiles. Does anyone else suffer from seasonal whatever? Seasonal sad? Seasonal affective disease or whatever it's called where it's like you just get the winter makes you depressed. Do I need to start tanning again? Would I look thinner if I was fat but tan? Would that help? Instead of fat and sad. <laughs> fat and tan. The fat and sad podcast. I'm fat and I'm sad. Boy, this is a fucking downer, isn't it? Jesus. <laughs> but here's a here's an upper, okay? The three critiques of the week. I'm trying to like think of a funny story to kind of lift you up. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll share something. Speaking of fat and sad, um, we went somewhere where there was a lot of fat and sad people. <laughs> so me and my wife, we finally got a night to ourselves. And uh, her dad was able to come monitor the children as they slept, you know. And we were like, where should we go? And she was like, well, I have like a $50 gift card to... Uh, Texas Roadhouse, and I was like, well, I haven't been to Texas Roadhouse in years, you know. Last place we went out to eat was um, New Year's Eve. It was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. The food was terrible, and then like a month later, the restaurant we went to is like, oh, by the way, like, we're going, like, we're shutting down. And I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> anyway, so we went to Texas Roadhouse. I had my expectations, like, in the gutter, because the plan was, like, go to Texas Roadhouse, then after that, go gambling. I'm a big gambler. They call me the tumbling dice. You got to roll me. Um, just an old crap shooter. Shooter McGavin, they call me at the tables. Um, so the plan was to go to Texas Roadhouse and then go to the casino. Well, there's a Texas Roadhouse like pretty close to the casinos in Council Bluffs. And I was like, well, that's fine because maybe it won't be as busy in Council Bluffs. I don't know. And the other Texas roadhouses are like the opposite direction of the casinos. And it's like, you only have so much time when you have kids. We can't stay up till one in the morning because we'll have to get up five hours after that. You dig? So I was like, that's fine. Like, let's go to Council Bluffs, whatever. So we go there. It's totally packed. Um, the crowd was something else. <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of what Council Bluffs is all about? So, if you don't know, Council Bluffs is part of the Omaha, greater Omaha metro area. It's directly across the Missouri River in Iowa. Very, It was like a very like industrial area. I think the biggest employer there was uh, Griffith Pipe, which they made utility pipes for like water line, water mains and stuff like that. And that, it went out of business like 10 years ago. Um, but during that time, they opened casinos over there. That's basically like what's kept the city afloat 
And basically, like, they have more money than they know what to do with because of these casinos. Literally more money than they know what to do with. So they have, like, all the overpasses when you're driving on the interstate are all, they, like, redid them all. And some of them have, like, art pieces on them. It's weird. Very bizarre town. And uh, it was it was actually started, they had a, they had a competition there for, like, the ugliest people. Like, it was the... The competition was like, let's find the ugliest person in the United States. And uh, sometime in the mid to late 1800s, they did this. And then the thing is, everyone who came to the competition just stayed. And that's kind of how Council Bluffs was founded. So when you go over there, you have to prepare yourself mentally. So I went over there. It was exactly what I expected. Um, I was by... We were by far the most attractive people in there. It was like kind of, you know, we were getting a lot of attention. But the food was actually really good. I had a steak, a six-ouncer, a very small steak. The It's like a two-for-one platter that they do at Texas Roadhouse. It was steak, and then um, they call them like Texas fingers or whatever. They were just um, chicken strips. Because I was like, I'm going to hedge my bet. Any moron can make chicken strips. But I kind of want a steak, but I don't want to go all in on a steak in case it's gross and then I'm like left out in the cold. Hedge my bets. Really good. Had a salad. The salad was excellent. It was fresh. It came out. They had Diet Coke. They kept my glass full. They kept my glass full. They were, the, the bread was spectacular. And it only cost with a tip like $70. So it only cost me $20 out of pocket. Then we drove across the street to the casino. I was not feeling it. Um, I just couldn't get into it. Um, the atmosphere in Council Bluffs is nothing like in Vegas. It's hard to like get into gambling there. I didn't want to go and like shoot craps at the table because I was like, that's a gross crowd. I don't want those people rubbing up against me with their diseases. Skin and otherwise. <laughs> it was so fucking weird. Uh, I saw a number of large females wearing pajama pants in there. That's one of my pet peeves. You can put on... Even sweatpants is better than fucking pajama pants. And I was like, can we just... Let's just go home. Like, this is not working. She gambled a little bit, played some slots or whatever. I'm like, this isn't very fun. And the thing is, there you're like, you don't want to win because you're like, am I going to get, like, mugged on the way to my car? We went there for our anniversary. I think it was, like, not this year, but the year before. It was, like, every... Every fifth or sixth person had a murder tear tattoo. I'm like, get me out of here. So I was like, here's what we should do. One of her friends like played like a bingo scratch off taken and won like, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars. I'm like, let's just go like get like two tickets each. They're $3 each. That's 12 bucks. And just scratch a rooski and have a cold pop and go to bed. So we did that. We ended up winning $20. Is that fun or what? That covered the price of the bingo tickets and the cold pops. I think I might have had a chew. I think I might have bought some chew. Makes a guy feel good. Had a nice little chew. So that was fun. That was a really fun time. But I gotta say, it's like the best restaurant in uh, the metro area is now Texas Roadhouse. All the other ones are closing. Like I said, I have the other podcast where I talk about different like neighborhoods in Omaha and I we were talking about kind of the down by Mutual of Omaha, and I was talking about all these restaurants. And then, like, after I published the episode, I was talking to someone, and they're like, that place is closed. <laughs> and then I found that another one of those places is closed, too. Every independence is closing left and right. High food prices, you mix that with no one wanting to work and a mask mandate, and that's a recipe for restaurants going out of business. I said that online on some because one of those places, uh, Anthony's Steakhouse, where we ate and the food and it was terrible. They closed and I, someone like put that up. I don't know, a newspaper had it out there and I, I commented that and people were all like outraged. It's like, well, that seems to be what's happening. Someone want to prove me wrong? Can't be done. So here's three critiques before little guy wakes up. Three critiques, so critiquing. Now the first one is really good. I was thinking of maybe about getting into this. It's so fucking scummy, but it actually would 100% work. 
and it would be easy to get clients and it would be it would just be easy i love it if you can bring yourself to doing this i would highly recommend this business and it is a what it is is it's doing credit repair <laughs> people come to you with bad credit you put them on the quote your quote unquote system which is a monthly program they pay you a monthly fee and these to be on your program okay the program I'm not sure what any of these programs are I don't have bad credit my credits like 780 don't steal it okay my credit was at one point like 810 because I pay my debt it's not a big deal but some people like don't know anything and they get all, all these problems so you basically like you set it you, what you do is like an audit there's some things you have to do to like keep it legal We'll get into that later. You can't, you can't pay for results or whatever, so you set it up as like coaching. You're coaching them or whatever. But these places charge between $29 and $129 a month to have you on the, quote, system. And all you do is like you go through their like credit report and then you like dispute things for them, basically. And you're like, hey, are you like paying your stuff on time? This, this business is literally the bomb. The only problem is you have to be okay with just being a scumbag. Because it is a little scummy. And what you do is there's all these ways to like boost people's credit that you can do that is like less than above board, if you will. So one thing is you go through and you just dispute things and say like this is, you just dispute every single thing on their credit history. I love it, dude. I just love it. And you can pick people up like real easy doing this, it sounds like. You can just pick them up on the book, the Facebook. This is one of the best businesses I've seen. And it's like, I don't even know, you don't have to have, I don't think, anything to start this. In most states, I don't think you have to have anything. You like? Some states, you might have to have a bond. Big fucking deal. You just pay that to the city or state or whatever. A bond. But people make fat stacks doing this because you can handle, like, tons of clients. Obviously, you're not really doing anything. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to pause now because uh, we're having a convergence of people angry in the home. <laughs> so we're going to pause for these station identification. We are back. We are so back. I don't know what to say. So anyway, as I was saying, credit repair specialist. Absolutely love it. Subscription-based, people need help with their credit. They can't figure it out for whatever reason. I mean, every technique you would do is something that an individual can do. You're just doing it on their behalf. So you're adding value. And it takes a, you know, going into it, you just tell them, hey, this takes between like 6 and 18 months. So just budget paying me for 6 to 18 months to be on the quote-unquote system. Do you like that? Are you enjoying that? I think that that's really good. Um... People make like millions of dollars doing this because one of the really, uh, another thing that people do with this is they, um, uh, <clears throat> sorry, what they do is they, they'll be like, my system costs $120 a month or whatever, 99 bucks a month. And then what they do is they hire like a third a party to do it for 29 and then they just collect the VIG. They just collect that VIG right in there. So that's very exciting. But you could also like do it on your own if you had less clients. But, I mean, think about it. If you're getting $100 a month, you have 100 clients. That's some amount. 100 times uh, $100. $10,000, right? Pretty good. You could do that. And it'd be easier to it'd be easy to get clients, I think. Because you. what I would do is I would just go around to uh, anywhere that does any financing and be like, hey... I offer credit repair. Um, I'm a fast, fun, affordable, 100%, no pressure, you know, all that. Cheese it up. I might actually do it. The other thing, too, is like you can do it in, if you're in one state, you can do it in every state for the most part, as long as you have a bond. There's nothing to it, folks. The other workaround with that, too, is you can be like, I'm a credit coach. Sign up for my coaching program. And then instead of you doing it, you're just showing people, like, what to do. I think that's a, a way around the bond because you're not the one doing it. You're just showing people how to do it. 
you're just joining the coaching program. So that's really good. Here's another one I just stumbled on a couple days ago. I had actually thought about this in something of, not this, I hadn't thought of the specific thing. <clears throat> um, I hadn't thought about the specific idea or critique, if you will, because it's a three critique. Um, hello, what's going on here? Sorry, I'm dealing with my co-host. <laughs> He's feeding, and he's not happy, folks. Um, and that is to be a medical bill advocate. So you're like, what does that mean? Well, now that we have kids, we're going to the doctor, like, all the time. I feel like we take our kids to the doctor constantly. Each kid has, a like, a little bit separate plan, you know? Or they have the same plan, but that it's like you have to switch the baby over to this. Different riders, you know. Different this, different that. You go to different, like, providers. They send you all this, like, different stuff. Um, and it's hard to make heads or tails out of it. And then, you know, things get sent back to you because uh, the, insurer, the insurance company rejected it because the hospital didn't, like, code it right. Or they're not doing the right thing. It's just a big fucking round and round. And you have to, like, stay on top of them or you end up, like, what happens is the insurance company won't cover it. You already went to do it, and they're just not covering it because the the hospital didn't code it right or has the wrong date on there or whatever. So then, like, what eventually happens is you're like, well, I'm just gonna, I guess I just have to pay this. What an advocate does is they receive all of this stuff, and they put it together, and they make sure that you're only getting charged the correct amounts of things, making sure that... You're not getting screwed, making sure that it's going, everything's going to the right places, saving you money, fighting the wrong charges, deal, negotiating with the uh, insurance company, negotiating with the provider, getting it all like squared away so you're not overpaying. So one time there was this place called Rockbrook Medical or something, and it's like an independent urgent care. One of, and there's a couple of them in town. One's in Rockbrook. There's like two or three other ones. Well, I got poison ivy, so I went over there because I was like, I just need, I just need like some steroids. You know, I've had a poison ivy a million times. I just need like some oral steroids to like get rid of it, and then I should be fine, you know. So I went in there the first time, and the girl like was like, I don't think it's poison ivy. And I'm like, hey, you know, I understand I didn't go to medical school, but I know what I have, and it's poison ivy. And I was like, I've had poison ivy probably a dozen other times. I have to have steroids to kick it. Because I'm allergic to it, it'll just keep like circulating in my blood. And she's like, "Well, why don't we give it a week and like you can come back and blah blah." And I'm like, "That's not gonna work. Like, I know what you know." So they didn't do anything for me. So then I went back and a, a week later, and I was like, "I need somebody different than the the chick that I had, who was like a PA who thought she was a doctor." So they gave me somebody else, and I was like, "Yeah, I have poison ivy. This is the second time I've been here." And the girl's like, yeah, the, "Another girl, of course." Another another college-aged female, you know, you don't get to see an actual doctor. So she was a nurse, too, or whatever. So I'm like, I have poison ivy. Here's, like, the list of stuff I need. Now I need, like, topical cream because, and I was intentionally, like, I had some, like, on my face, and I didn't, like, wipe it, so it was just dripping goo. And I'm like, obviously this is what I have. You want to take, like, a sample or whatever? It was fucking ridiculous. So they finally did that. Well, what happened is they... They were, like, miscoded a bunch of stuff. So our insurance company was like, we're not paying this until they, like, do this. And it was, like, going back and forth and back and forth. And they were, like, trying to send us to collections. And we're like, no, our insurance co company paid, you know, the insurance company should have blah, blah, blah. So we were going back and forth and back and forth. And the bill was, like, $600. And my wife was like, this isn't, like, really worth our time. Let's just pay the stupid bill. So we ended up doing that. So it's that kind of crap. And I feel like once you get older and you have kids and you're always going to the hospital for this, that, and the other, that you actually, this is a good service to provide to people because medical bills can be so insane. And I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I do feel like sometimes they intentionally miscode things. So then it like falls back to the patient to pay it. And you're, you get screwed because you don't have the negotiating power that the insurance company does. So when they're like, an ibuprofen is $25, it's harder for you to, like, negotiate. And a lot of people don't even know that, a lot of people don't even know this. 
And if it does fall back on you, you can actually just negotiate a lower amount. You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot to it. I think this could be like a really, really good service. The, the only hard part is, I guess, like getting it out there. But I think if you got it out there, like a lot of people would actually be interested in this. And I did like some just very brief research on it. And there's basically like two ways that these places like charge. Um, and they also do like, a lot of them also do like uh, negotiate like lump sums if you have, have to like make a, a lump sum payment. So they kind of do like a debt negotiation and then also the medical bill advocacy. But I'm really focused more on the advocacy and auditing part for the customer, the client. And those places charge like between 75 and like $150 an hour to like go through and audit your medical bills, which that could be like well worth it. I mean, whoops, sorry. Um, which that could be like well worth it because like my urgent care bill was 550 my insurance should have been covering it if you knew what you were doing you could probably get that wrapped up in like in an hour or two so you'd end up saving the customer money <clears throat> do you see that do you see where there's a need for that and I, I feel like now because insurance is so much worse than it ever has been and they're not getting like reimbursed from the government. They're not, I mean, there's so many problems with it. That I think that this is actually a very useful um, business. It's like a fucking accountant. They're, that shouldn't, that taxes should be so simple that there shouldn't even be a reason to have an accountant do your taxes. It's this whole little, I feel like accounting for like individuals, you know, like we go to an accountant and they work on our taxes, it's like everyone should just be paying a flat tax and there wouldn't be accountants. It's like the accounting, it's like this, it's own, it's a, it's, it's an industry based on government inefficiency. There shouldn't even, this shouldn't exist. This is the same kind of thing. This is like an accountant for your medical bills. It's insane that this should even be a business, but it is. Here we are, 2022. And the other thing, too, now with, like, COVID, there's so many government programs that people don't even, like, know about if you're, like, in the hospital for COVID. Or something happens with COVID, people don't even know. That there are some financial things that they can tap into, frankly, that they did not know. But I got to say, like, medical insurance is a fucking nightmare. I went to get, like, a CT, like a chest x-ray or whatever after I had the Viddler to make sure I don't have any blood clots. I went in there and they're like, hey, um, just to let you know, your insurance hasn't like approved this yet. So um, they probably will. This is what they told me at the actual CT place. They're like, they'll, they'll probably like a preview. So um, you can either like come back, which could be a hassle. I mean, it's going to take like a couple of weeks for you to probably even get back in. Um, or you can just sign this like waiver that says you'll be responsible if they don't pay for it. And I'm like, now, thank God, I didn't, like, necessarily even need the CT. Basically, my doctor was like, you can go get this if you want to, just to be, like, safe. Um, I didn't, like, it wasn't, like, a life or death thing. But let's say, you like, you had something that you were like, okay, well, I'm going to, there's a possibility if I don't catch this that something really bad's going to happen. A lot of people are going to sign that waiver. Well, if my insurance didn't cover it, it would have cost me $8,500. So that's why people actually do need help. The hospital doesn't fucking care if you, they want their, they're going to get their money one way or another. Their legal team is better than your legal team. You dig, funky cat? They got a whole floor of lawyers and debt collectors. But you're just on the bottom getting your shit punched in, getting kicked in the face. They were like kind of pressuring me to sign the waiver. I'm like, I'm not an idiot. I've had a CT scan before, a full body one that I tried to like reject. It was $14,000, and I was like, I'm not even paying for this. And I had to fight him, and I didn't pay for it. But I was like, I'm no fool. I'm not going to sign that thing that's saying that I'll pay you, idiots, $8,500. Get out. You're out of your mind. So sick. So anyway, those are the two critiques of the week. Two critiques. Two. I'll give you one more. I'll drop one more on you. It's a little dated. It's a critique. Critique, critique, critique. Well, I'll give you two. One critique. This is something I wanted to do, but everyone poo-pooed me. Poo-pooed. 
after Christmas, I go to Menards. Now, you've heard a lot about Menards and my deep hatred. The people there are so mean. You know. I ask them where two by fours were at, and they just slap me across my face, knock my glasses off. Everyone was just laughing at me. Hurt. Um, they don't care who they hurt, you know. It's not a great experience over there. But, <laughs> anyway. So, after Christmas, I was like, we should literally go to Menards, buy every Christmas tree they have. Because they mark them down like 75% off. 75% off, yo. <laughs> and I was like, let's just put them in our basement until next, like, next November. And then we would literally double or triple our money. No one liked that. <laughs> so I didn't do it. I was like, if we if we buy $1,000 worth of Christmas trees, we could probably make 3000 In fact, I'm sure we could because I tried doing reselling trees from Amazon on Facebook Marketplace. And I had some people order them, nibble, nibble, but they weren't, like, fulfilled. I couldn't get them fulfilled by my Amazon, quote-unquote, partner. <clears throat> but I know what's out there. Um, so selling Christmas stuff that you buy after. So, and this would 100% work. You might be able to, like, make even more money because next year the stuff might be even more expensive. It's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Another thing, too, is, like, you can buy the, the stuff from Menards uh, out of season and then you could, like, sell it on Amazon in season with shipping or on, on Facebook Marketplace or whatever, you know. Don't complicate things. People, I feel like people really get, I feel like last year people were like really into it. I know in our house we were because we were like, there's been so much bad stuff in 2020 and 2021 that it's like, let's get like Christmassy as fuck. We had three trees. We had so many lights. It was just unbelievable. That's one. Here's another thing. This is almost more of an idea than a critique. So all the critiques that I've mentioned so far, I like. Now, the problem with buying a bulk load of Christmas stuff and holding it for 11 months is you have to have somewhere to, like, hold it, obviously. I put them in my basement. But if you had to get a storage unit and pay 125 bucks for, like, 11 months, then that's not worth it, you know? <clears throat> mm. Have to have a place. That's the only bad, naughty critique. But if you bought a, let's say you buy 100 trees, you make 150 bucks per tree. That's pretty good skrill, is it not? The other thing, too, is a lot of people don't know this at Menards. They own everything. They own everything they have in their store. They don't buy anything on credit. So you can actually go in there and you can negotiate bulk purchases. Not everyone knows that, folks. So you could go in there and be like, I'll buy every tree in here. For a deeper, even a deeper discount. Let's, let's get all this stuff out of here so you guys can put brand new, fresh stuff up. I'm going to solve your problem, but I'll only give you like, you know, 10% of your asking price. Let's make it happen. Call corporate, you know. They will, they'll, they'll wheel and deal with you. So that's that. Here's the other thing that we're leaping off of Christmas. Leaping off Christmas into the heavens. With this idea. Now this is really good. Really good. We did this this Christmas season because we were so into Christmas. Couldn't get enough Christmas. Dripping with Christmas. Just Christmas all up on our face and hair. And this is a Christmas lights drive through. Um, a, a Christmas lights drive through experience. Lights. Um music, animatronics. So there's a minor league baseball field in Papillion, which is a absolutely gorgeous sub or a suburb. It's his own separate city, folks. Um, just south of the Omaha metro area. It's where I grew up. So you know it's good. There's a, an amateur baseball team. They're like the triple A or double A, whatever minor league team for the Kansas City Royals and they have like a big obviously they're not using a baseball field in the dead of winter so what they do is they have like this company comes in and they like set up all these lights um, Christmas lights and uh, 
it has music, so you turn your your radio to like whatever. I think they charge like 50, 40 bucks a car. And w- last year, my sister and brother in law tried to go to it, and they were like, the line was like a two and a half hour wait. <laughs> That's literally what's up. We went this year. We pre bought tickets online, and we went on like an off night. And now it's so busy, you have to like buy a time slot. So you buy from like like. 7.30 to like 7.45. So it's like 15-minute blocks. And they're doing that because it's, it's, it gets so busy that it like jams up traffic. I'm telling you, in places like Omaha where there's nothing to do, if you jump on the seasonal shit, you will make a killing. A killing. It probably took them a day to set the stuff up. I mean, it takes like maybe 10 minutes to drive through the whole thing. Folks, this is simple stuff. So you do... I have no idea how many cars go through there a day. A couple hundred, probably. A couple hundred an evening or whatever. And then, like, you're only paying... You're paying one employee to, like... Maybe one or two employees to, like, stick around there 24 hours a day to make sure no one, like... You know, throws one of the Santas in the back of their truck and drives off. Which wouldn't happen in Papillion anyway. Um, Papillion is, like, notorious for, like, low crime rates. If you get a DUI there, they, like, give you the electric chair, you know, on lower voltage, so it just stings your genitals. Bad. Doesn't kill you, but they, they build it up like it's going to. And they also, like, if you spit gum on the sidewalk, they cane you like they do in the Philippines. <clears throat> so that probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have to worry about that. But it's like hundreds of cars go through there. All 100 cars go through there for 45 bucks. That's $4,500. It's pretty good. And what they do is you just store all this shit in a semi um, all year. And then they weren't using the, the uh, power. They weren't using like the, the power from the uh, baseball field. They just had their own gen, uh, generators. So each little section was ran off a generator. Pretty smart. Pretty fucking smart. And uh, that's that. Very simple. I was looking at it like doing some calculation. My family was screaming at me. The kids loved it. Jay's face was just lit up. Christmasattacks.com. So I thought that was really good. I'm like, I like seasonal stuff because I feel like people really get, especially around here, people really get into it, you know. Like, I talked about Valas earlier and all this stuff. It's like, people love that stuff. You know? I mean, they get right into it. You got to. There's nothing else, folks. Really sad. We used to have Nebraska football. That went down the toilet. I was laughing because, I, like I said, I was talking about uh, how big of a deal, like, Exarbon was. And then, like, Nebraska, like, killed Basically killed it. They killed it. They shot themselves in the foot by, like, getting rid of gambling. So that killed Exarbon, which was like the number one gambling attraction in like a five-state area. People were coming here from Missouri and Iowa and South Dakota and Kansas to gamble. And Nebraska basically outlaws gambling. You can't do any forms of gambling in Nebraska besides Keno. What are your thoughts on that? So this is how bad Nebraska football has gotten. They basically already declared like we're not gonna like we're not gonna win so now they're they're floating all these ideas to do at memorial stadium like now they're getting really serious about like allowing alcohol in the stadium which they've never done in the past like selling alcohol there. so they're floating that and then they're sending out to like all the t- season ticket holders they're sending out all these questionnaires about the alcohol but also i, I they were talking about this on the sport the sports radios also, they're floating the idea of, like, opening a sports book in Memorial Stadium. God, unbelievable. This state. I guarantee, I think the number one reason that we, like, got rid of gambling or made it basically impossible to have gambling here is literally because, like, Tom Osborne didn't want it. I think that's one of the main reasons. So stupid. A sports book. Alcohol in a sports book. The, the stuff on the field is so bad, you need something else to do. Is that unbelievable or what? God. So those are your three critiques, which was actually like 
four good ideas which you should really pursue. The Christmas lights thing I think is mental. That's unbelievably good. Oh man. They start selling tickets to that thing in like October. Damn. I should do one like for every holiday. Check out the St. Patrick's Day light, whatever. People go mental with the lights here. There's a big Facebook. People do it in their yards too. And people, there's like a big Facebook group that cropped up that I saw. And it was all about the best yards in, to go drive by. This is how bored we are. To go drive by in Omaha. And it has like 60,000 numbers. I'm like, no, you're not driving through my shit for free. You're going to get charged. I think one of the things that that, that drive through place does too is they're like, we give like X percent to like whatever charity. It's like we give X percent to the Zach Herbert Foundation for a better life. <laughs> give me a better life. <laughs> I want a Range Rover. <laughs> anyway, that's the program. I thought I would kind of give you some... Try to make them fun, fresh, make you laugh. This wasn't as funny as they should be. Give my soul. The baby literally just diarrheaed all over the place through his clothes. Great. That's what I'm going to be doing after this. What are you going to be doing? Going to beddy by? Going into work? Getting out of work? Something else? Oh my God! <laughs> I wonder if that picked up on the audio. Is that your, uh, that's what you're adding to the show, my friend? Watery diarrhea. <laughs> Not the best. If you go on to be famous, this is going to be held over your head. Thoughts? Would you like to add anything? That's the show for today. Love you. Appreciate you. Try not to get boatnotized. Please tell two friends. Force them to tell two friends. Tell someone about the show and then make them get their phone out and do a group text. I don't think that's too much to ask for the value I'm giving. So much value. So much. That's the show. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>